0: Welcome back to the football. Uh, doing episode 13, lucky number 13. Uh, going to kick it to John right away to get into tonight's game, I believe.
1: Yeah, sure thing. Thanks a lot. And, and thanks a lot to everybody who's been tuning in, listening to the episodes. We really appreciate that. Uh, t- tonight's game was, tw- well, is going on still currently between the Baltimore Ravens and Cleveland Browns. Uh, We have the Baltimore offense actually looking surprisingly back alive again, Uh, one of the few times this season, but they're leading 34-20 to at the end of the third quarter. And uh, I guess the thing for me with this game, and and I'm going to kick it to Mark to bring him in with this question. So I'm looking at the stat sheet right now. Lamar Jackson, 6 of 11, and has thrown for 81 yards and the Ravens have 34 points. How in the world does Cleveland run up such a score against them and you're not even making Lamar throw the ball at all? I'll answer that question. (laughs) (laughs) And here's Ryan. Go for it. Cleveland Uh, is – Interception on the play. Cleveland is bad. Real bad. Wow. All right. Coming in hot taken.
2: Baker Mayfield is you know who he's like he's equivalent to but the person i'm comparing him to is better Kirk Cousins That's
0: Okay stop
2: how how tell me don't, explain, don't ever explain, do that explain what makes Baker even remotely better than Kirk Cousins He's got a better arm
1: no. and he's a lot sassier Oh okay
3: way more flat.
1: I, I agree with what Cousins being a little bit better Yeah Cousins being better Yeah
0: Wow. So, okay. Well, obviously we got, we got Ryan and John's take on that. Mark, uh, what do you think? W- would you rather have Kirk Cousins or Baker Mayfield?
3: Um, that really depends. <laughs> and I kind of get what Ryan's saying here. And I think, let me explain what he's saying. Let me just read your mind for a second, Ryan. Mm-hmm. So I feel like he's saying on your average day, Kirk Cousins is like a six and a half, maybe out of 10. Yep. <laughs> and Baker Mayfield's a five. But every yep. so often you'll get those games where Baker shows that he's a nine or a 10. He just uh, lights yeah. the field on fire. But those are far and few between. So on your, like, consistency scale, Kirk Cousins is better.
0: Interesting. I mean,
3: and they as far as the same, like, uh, body
2: type and everything, I think they're just alike. I think they, they're the same quarterback. Only Kirk Cousins is
1: a little better. I, I actually – so I – I disagree a little bit with Ryan and Justin. Um, So I think Cousins is a little bit taller than Baker is. And I think it definitely helps because earlier in this game tonight, Baker looked like he was trying to hurl it way downfield and it got batted down at the line. And I'm like, you just don't see many quarterbacks attempting to throw it deep downfield and it gets batted at the line. And uh, I think Cousins has a little bit more height and also with, Justin, I think Cousins has a better arm than Baker does. Like, I don't
0: know. I, I, I don't Cousins like that. think
1: Cousins' arm is pretty underrated. Mm-hmm.
0: I think Cousins might be a little more accurate, but um, I mean, I, I'm talking like very, very minimal, like very, very tiny gap there as far as arm. But I think Baker's got an absolute laser when he wants to. Um, I think like the first drive showed it pretty well. Um, dude on the run can – he's like Mark Albrecht, the famous Mark Albrecht uh, park football football uh legend uh when he's on the run he's the most accurate guy in the league he has an incredible like laser like drew Brees, but only when he's running it's really weird um plus baker's way more athletic than kirk you don't see i mean you see kirk doing a lot of play action but you don't see the dude running for like 15 yard you know runs fairly like fairly often and uh baker i mean we've seen it every time it's kind of like annoying but funny at the same time i'm well, I know. I, well, I am. Yeah. <laughs> but like Baker will run 80 yards down the field and catch up to Nick Chubb. Like, that's pretty impressive. Even though if it's not like a play, he still has athletic ability, which Cousins is the most vanilla dude probably in life and in football. Um, Great dude. Like, seems like a funny dude, but I think Baker is a better quarterback. And time will tell.
3: You know what? I'm yeah. going yeah, to they- decide this right now. And I'm going to do Fair one enough. of my favorite tests in the world. They're pretty okay. much equal when it comes to being average quarterbacks that every so often have good games. Yep, so yeah, I'm going to go with Baker because he's the guy I'd rather have a beer with at the end of the day.
0: <laughs> dude, not me. Well, he, dude, I'd he also just have, threw another touchdown.
2: I'd rather have a beer with cousins. Cause you know, he's got some shitty dad jokes to tell. And like, <laughs> like, dude, they, dude, he has that picture. What made me like him so much more was like a couple years back when he, they just had his kid and like, dude, he had like the front, uh, pack thing like where the baby's on the front of you, like on his chest, you know. Yeah, dude, he has that on, walking his dog with a coffee in the other hand. And I was just, <laughs> I was like, dude, and he's got the white t shirt and shorts on. And I was just like, dude, he's such a dad. Like, that's cool. <laughs> like,
3: so he's dude, like, Kirk Cousins is the guy you want on your grill at the barbecue <laughs> 100%. <laughs> so maybe, maybe I wouldn't want a beer with him, but you know, Mark's right.
2: Would I want to barbecue and sit around a fire pit? I think I would.
1: Well, you one know, thing he, you really, he, he probably did become a dad because it seemed like Cousins somewhat lost his edge a little bit because after he won his first start in the NFL, he yelled the famous, you like that, at a reporter. And that doesn't really seem like it's his personality anymore.
0: He tries to make it his personality. He tried that. He tried, what, didn't he do it again, Ryan, yeah, like, yeah. like last year? I think he did. He, yeah, But he like laughed afterwards because he, he was joking. <laughs> But he also took it on the chin from uh, Stefan Diggs when he decided to throw a fit and just said, Yeah, maybe he's right. Maybe I'm not very good. Yeah. Well, <laughs> speak,
1: speaking of Stefan Diggs, should we pivot into the Bills and Steelers game, the marquee game from the week? No, I was thinking uh, we should just skip that segment. Uh,
3: <laughs> no, no, no. We got to talk about it. If we're going to talk about my team losing, we're talking about your team losing.
0: All right. God,
3: uh,
1: I
0: had so much stuff
1: written down for this game and you guys just skipped over all of it. <laughs> All right. Well, we when we got to like minute six of the the cousins versus baker debate, I, I thought it might be be time to go in. But it makes
0: sense, of course. But but, but, I ju- but Justin, so. it,
1: Justin, summarize what you have for that game, and then pivot into the pit game.
0: I'll go real quick I guess I have like six things written down. I was a little bummed, so think the Ravens are gonna miss the playoffs if they lose this game now because I assumed they were gonna lose this game I have the Browns winning um so I should probably put an asterisk by it but yeah I have the Ravens missing the playoffs if they lose this game um I think the Browns play calling is pretty spectacular they're getting tricky and you've been on uh, Stefanski's side for a coach of the year and I agree and I think the offensive play calling has been pretty innovative and fun to watch um I think the Browns are good and you got to think about it. They're missing Odell Beckham Jr. Still. And if he cut, dec- if he does come back, that could be a fairly decent boost to the offense. And they're also meet, uh, missing first round pick greedy Williams on the defensive side. And their defense has been pretty stellar. Maybe not tonight, but, uh, so I'm, I'm just saying they're good without two star players. Um, I think Nick Chubb bull take is the new Barry Sanders. He's quiet and deadly and Barry Sanders is my favorite running back of all time. And while, Nick Chubb might not be as shifty as Barry is because no one ever has been or will be probably. But I think Nick Chubb's Mr. Reliable, and I like that he's quiet and doesn't – not a diva, not walking around getting a tattoo it says feed me on my stomach – on his stomach. <laughs> so I like Nick Chubb as like a player um, just because he's quiet. I've always been uh, pro-quiet players, I guess. And then um, another thing for, for the uh, – for Lamar, I think the Ravens are extremely one-dimensional. I I'm doubt I'm the only one that thinks this, but I think the Ravens—if Lamar can't run, the Ravens are super one-dimensional. He's not going to throw. He's done a couple, you know, little throws here and there, dink and dunks. But I mean, that's their game—is running. And if Lamar can't get going, their offense is stagnant and, and dead in the water every single every single game. They're just boring. People have figured them out. Um, that's all I had about this game.
1: All right, perfect. So let, let's go in, into the marquee game from the the week where we had the Bills defeating the Steelers 26-15. to 15. Uh, A big game for Buffalo. Josh Allen looked incredible again. Uh, but the the thing for, for me with this game was just that pick six right before the half changed everything. Like, Buffalo may still have won this game at the end. However, that that pick six that Big Ben threw right before half-time made it a lot easier than it, it would have been. It, it probably would have came down – to the very wire, if that hadn't happened, but I feel like that was something that totally just changed the entire complexion of the game. Uh, and, and for for me, I, I just think a uh, thing with Pittsburgh—they can't run the ball, and like that—that's a huge thing going forward. For if we're looking at how good they're going to be in the playoffs, and I actually have a thing from our Marquee game from the week where I have a key stat for every game. And what for this one, the Steelers only had 47 rushing yards on 17 attempts. There's just no way that you're going to be able to really make any, do any damage in the playoffs because they don't have the explosive passing game that they've had in the past. And it, it's not something that they can just rely on every single week. So I, I think that Pittsburgh's definitely in a, in a little bit of trouble here. Uh, so, kind of my takeaway for the Steelers and let, let's go to our Steeler fan Ryan and, and get his stuff for Pittsburgh from this one
2: yeah I think you're you're absolutely right that's that's what I was going to say is uh I hate to be that guy that's uh oh this didn't happen you know that's stupid that's absolutely ridiculous but uh you're absolutely right though the interception before the half dude that did change everything because we were just playing nasty uh uh football <laughs> like we have the last three weeks it doesn't look pretty but it gets the w And, um, boom, that just kind of turned the whole tide. And we can't run the ball. It's terrible. And I think we're just beat up right now. Uh, I mean, we're missing Bush, Dupree. They're not coming back. Uh, But I think Joe Hayden, like, these guys are all banged up. And –
0: The wrong time. At the
2: wrong time. And I think – but Yeah. I think I'd I'd rather lose – This is an absolute uh, foolish thing to think. It's just an excuse, but – I and it's a stupid fan point, but I'd rather lose now than in the playoffs. And uh, so, but we got to get it together. We can't be playing like this every.
1: We're coming down to the wire, so. Well, they played three three games. I think they said in like twelve days with all the rescheduling and everything. Yeah. So I think you know that might that might contribute to both of those with the team being so, so banged up. Yeah, just the the attrition from that, and also you know, it, it's going to be hard to, to play your best ball. And, and they've lost two games here in five days, but it really was just kind of a, a schedule thing. And it's not like they, they got totally blown out or anything, but I just don't see a lot of uh, long-term positives going forward for them to, for the rest of this season. Um, and and I'm, I'm like not not trying to – just be a uh, agitator but i i think that pitt might be in danger of being one and done in the playoffs if they don't change some things
2: yeah i i don't think that because i think we're we're going to be playing the raiders or someone silly and uh hopefully not the ravens or anyone because that, that'd be scary first game but uh, uh i think it will be pittsburgh and the chiefs but we got to get it together um t- titans do look pretty damn good too so i don't know we'll We'll see. It's going to be –
1: What What about the team that, that beat Pittsburgh this week, Buffalo?
2: Dude, I, I'm not scared of Buffalo. I don't think uh, – the team I'm scared of is the Chiefs because they're so – Mahomes is just probably the best of all time, and that's so early to say. But he is so stupid good. He, <laughs> he's uh, – I mean, he's exactly how Tom Brady's been for the last 20 years, how, you know, you're playing New England – it's like, oh man, Tom Brady's gonna ruin my day. Like he has been for the last <laughs> 20 years. And uh that's how well, that's how my home is because he's so good.
0: Did did anybody else notice? And I saw it last night, John, when we were watching the game, but I don't think I I don't think I said anything about it. Uh but my manager brought it up today too. Did you guys see James Connor uh on the sideline? Dude looked like he just got out of rehab, like he was like he had withdrawals or something. This dude looked tired yeah. or run down. Or I didn't notice that. He had some fat circles under, like bags under his eyes. He looked really tired. And the flight, whole flight thing could have been part of it because they uh, flew off to their game in the morning uh, on Sunday morning. So I thought that was going to play a part in it too. Um, But he looked, he just didn't look well. And he only ran twice or something, right? Like he didn't run at all. And their run game is. 17
1: attempts total. total. It it was, was, I think it was more than that, but not much more.
0: Yeah. So that was really weird. Um, Connor just didn't look like physically well, like he looked kind of off and sick. Um, There also r- really random stat about this game. It was the most punts in, in, in the NFL. Like, I think it was like some sort of record for most punts in like a, uh, a game like as of recently or something.
1: I think it was the season. Yeah.
0: I yeah. Season. That, all
1: right.
0: Yeah. And then uh, my gambling advice for the week is going to be actually on this. And if you guys are, uh, if you gambling folks out there are gamblers, um it is kind of a gamble but it's kind of interesting i've noticed over the last couple weeks you can do depending on the website you're on uh if you do if you just bet on a scoreless quarter the first quarter of this game was a scoreless quarter last week i think the packers and eagles game had a scoreless quarter i'm noticing it more and more maybe just because i noticed the bet but it's like plus 800 odds so if you guys are want to throw you know 5 10 whatever 20 bucks on there um that could pay out and it happens fairly frequently and it's just any scoreless quarter so you don't actually have to Narrow it down to a single one. Um, so that could pay out pretty well. And then the Bills, in my mind, are the best matchup for KFC. Or for KFC. <laughs> for for K, uh, Kansas City in the playoffs.
3: Brought to you by KFC.
0: <laughs> Listen, man. No
1: unpaid intern. This is
3: how we get uh, Andy <laughs> Reid on the show. Yeah. Yeah. I,
1: the, the, you cannot see the mistake if you see Andy Reid and and then you think KFC. So if you if you see Andy Reid in a red shirt, you know, you, you don't know if it's KC, KC or KFC.
0: Well, there you go. You just killed their chances of getting Andy Reid on the show, and he is a listener. So <laughs> sorry, Andy.
1: All right. So what what do you think about the Bills, Justin?
0: Uh, like I, like like i said i think they're the best matchup for for Kansas City in the playoffs if it does happen to get to that point um strictly like their defense is solid enough and i i would compare their defense uh in my mind at least fairly uh equal to to Kansas City's so i think that matchup's kind of a wash i really think that they're the only person uh on offense the only team excuse me on offense that could potentially put up enough points to get in a shootout with with Kansas City um Stefan Diggs first first player this year to get 200 receptions. Um the running game's a little questionable, but that's where you have Josh Allen for and he's uh, only gotten better every game it seems.
1: Yeah, sure thing. Uh Mark, did you, did you do your take any takes on the Steelers from this game or or what what would your takeaways in general be? Uh
3: my only takeaway is that the Steelers have an identity identity crisis of sorts. And right now their identity is to throw the ball 50 times a game. And I get that you have Big Ben and you want to throw the ball a lot, but that is not working for them. Their Their most successful games came when they were well-balanced and teams had to actually respect the run. And what happened to the Steelers not being one of those hard-nosed teams that you know had big ugly dudes in the trenches who wanted to manhandle people. <laughs> right now they can't move a, the pile a yard. You know what I mean. So it's like their run game yeah. is just abysmal, and it's I really don't get it. When did the Steelers stop being a blue collar, you know, type of team where they had guys that wanted to manhandle other teams? You know, I I actually
1: believe I've heard a stat come out in that game where they said that the Steelers are the 31st best team when it comes in terms of run blocking but they're the best in pass blocking and that that probably contributes to them having such a a wide split in running or or passing the ball Uh, but I would say uh, sorry unfortunately for now enough for the Steelers let's talk about the Bills for a minute because my, I have a foolish take out of this one. It's actually kind of similar to something Justin said.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: keep in mind, foolish takes, mean, <laughs> so, sounds pretty good, but you don't have to totally believe this. But to me, my foolish take coming out of this game is the Bills are not only the only team that <clears throat> could compete with KFC. KFC, see, I just did it. <laughs> what, what, it's, it's in what your head. Just should have them that. The, the Bills are not the only team who can compete with the Chiefs they're the only team in the NFL that has a chance of knocking the Chiefs off and preventing them from winning back-to-back Super Bowls. Uh, and I think the main guy at this is, is going to have to be Josh Allen. Like, think of how doubted this dude was even last year. Like, I, I've always been a big fan of this guy. And in his playoff game against the Texans last year, he made a couple of just really, like, immature decisions, throwing a bomb 60 yards down the field to a fullback and double coverage. Like, it was really concerning and he just seems like someone who's improved on something, a, a big part of his game every single year, seems really humble. Seem, uh, obviously you see the talent and uh, another guy that's really contributed a lot to Buffalo and, and Justin mentioned him earlier, Stephon Diggs, like that, that trade, I realized that the Vikings got Jefferson out of it. So it really was kind of a win-win, but like, how often does something that just seems as simple as just what everyone would have said last at uh, the beginning of last (laughs) offseason, like Buffalo needs a wide receiver. They need to go get somebody. And how often is it just that simple? And they brought in digs and now like this team is totally at a different level than they've been in the recent years.
0: Exactly. Um, at At least the last example I could think of, and of course, it's going to sound like we're homers because of the Broncos. The last time I can remember a receiver coming in and making an immediate impact, like in such a big impact, has got to be something with Peyton Manning. And of course, it's him. But um, I mean, when Emmanuel Sanders was brought to Denver or Wes Welker was brought to Denver, uh, those are the first ones that come to mind because those guys, you know, had ten touchdowns every year, like clockwork, and you know, seven hundred, six hundred yards. And that's the third guy. That's the third receiver. You know.
3: What about Randy Moss and the Patriots?
0: Yeah, that's more recently. That, 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 that's where I was getting, of course, Randy Moss. Um, yeah. When he went to the Patriots and stuff like that. But um, most, most yeah. recently that's, that, that's, that's, the best example I have of a, a receiver or receivers coming into a team and immediately being, you know, a go-to. Yep. Uh, any,
1: any other takes on the bills for anybody?
0: Uh, One more thing because Ryan brought it up. Uh, Ryan, if for some reason you guys are to lose your division to the Browns, like I said last week, which I think still might happen. um, If everything stayed exactly the same as far as division leaders, besides you guys um, that would put you guys record record wise in the fifth seed. And you guys would end up playing the Titans. If everything just like all stayed the same, like ranking wise, you guys would play the Titans. And I think that'd be an interesting matchup Derrick Henry versus your defense.
1: It would. And, uh, We've already seen it this year, but uh, tie game and the the Ravens and Browns. Who you know, just it's it's weird. Browns Kirk, about to go up one baby? Uh but they, Baker ran it in for a touchdown.
0: Yeah, Kirk Cousins wouldn't have done that.
2: <laughs> uh yeah, we saw. I mean, yeah, it, it's going to be good. I think it's. Uh, we can definitely say. I mean, if the Ravens aren't going to be there, which is crazy, because I, I think I think Lamar Jackson and the I hate the Ravens anyway. I'm the wrong guy to talk to, but. I hate them, but I definitely thought they'd be in the playoffs. That's ridiculous that that they're not going to be there. Um, But yeah, so we can clearly, without them, we can clearly say it's either the Titans, Pittsburgh Bills, or Chiefs. I mean, that's those four teams that can do it. Browns to the Super Bowl. Nah, they'll be the one.
3: It's twenty (laughs) twenty. You never know.
2: Yeah. Yeah, Exactly. Yeah. What a year! Gosh.
1: All yeah,
0: right, that would well, be the ultimate meme. Sorry John, go ahead.
1: Oh yeah, well I was just going to say speaking of uh crappy teams that can't win that are overrated, the we saw the Saints lose to Jalen Hurts <laughs> in his first ever start with the the Eagles taking that one 24 to 21. Um Philadelphia looked alive for basically the first time I would say all season, really. Mm-hmm. Uh and uh I'll talk a little bit a little bit about Hurts and then I'll kick it to you guys to talk some about this game but here are my thoughts on him just kind of a pros and cons thing uh one thing about him I realized in the, his start yesterday as well as that was known about him in college he makes good decisions like he he doesn't force the ball a lot like there's always a, a fine edge to if you're being too conservative with it but hurts doesn't make a ton of mistakes which he does seem like a really good fill-in quarterback for that reason if none other that and he can run the ball really well uh so he, he has that dual threat capability not a terrible thrower he can put some touch on it i don't know if he if he's going to be consistent bombing it down the field but he's got some nice touch on the ball um however the things that i'm concerned about uh i feel like it was definitely a lot of rushing and too much rushing to be anything sustainable. And I also feel like there's a, if you don't just absolutely suck as a new quarterback coming into the league, I feel like there's a, a first start bump where the other team just has no idea what to expect coming out uh, that, that you're going to bring out. Uh, but the, the thing for me, the uh, a question that I feel like everyone's talking about, what should the Eagles do with Wentz? What should they do with Hurts and all of that? And we don't want to give you bad information on the Football Fools podcast. We, we talked about Wentz possibly being moved financially. That just does not seem like a thing. And people are trying to make it work. But I feel like a question no, no one's asked, and I'm going you know, to kick this one to Mark, is so the, the Eagles drafted Jalen Hurts, and it was all because Wentz has been injured so much. It wasn't because they thought he was terrible. He's just missed a lot of games, and they got Hurts. They got someone versatile that they feel like might could do more things. But why don't they just consider – I don't know, since they're going to be stuck with Wentz anyway. People want to trade Hurts, but wasn't the reason they brought him there is they're worried Wentz could get hurt? Why don't they just bring them both back and have a quarterback competition and let the best man win next year?
3: Honestly, that's what they're going to do. Financially, they can't move on from Wentz, and it doesn't make sense to trade Hurts if he does well the rest of the season. So I, I don't see how you wouldn't keep both of them. I mean, what are you going to do? Trade Hurts for offensive linemen to try to protect Wentz? I mean, Hertz yeah. just proved he can win a game against sloppy defense with his horrible offensive line. So I, I don't see them uh, moving on from both. I think it'll be a quarterback competition. I agree. Yeah, I think uh... –
0: I think Jalen. I think now they just need to help. They need to help Jalen. Um, and of course, we'll see how the rest of the season goes with him. Rager? With the
1: what? Jalen Rager? No, hurts. Oh, okay. God.
0: <laughs> I think they need to help him. Um, it's it's apparent that the team's kind of rallied around him, and it's only been one game, and they're gonna. They already said they're gonna give him the start. So, granted. However, the rest of the season goes, they're kind of in a similar situation how the Broncos were with Drew Locke a year ago, where if Hertz plays well, they're going to be kind of forced to start him. Um, And I think you need to build whatever money they can spare in the offseason. They need to get him some help because if he ends up being the guy and uh, they do have to move on from Wentz, they need to start building this team now because their defense is. What do you see as good
1: help for him, Justin?
0: Well, you need to get a receiver. Like like you just said with Stefan Diggs, Rager and. Uh, uh, Fulgham and Arcega-Whiteside, uh, our, our I guess, and Ertz and uh, Goddard are all good. But like the, the corpse of Alshon Jeffrey. Yeah, I mean, he was alive. He scored a touchdown this weekend. But um, they just need to get. They need to make some sort of spot, Like a, a good fit, maybe not a good fit, but a, just another similar move to what they did with Alshon Jeffrey is maybe like look at Allen Robinson if the Bears are willing to move off of him or something. Okay. Like I don't, you know, j- I'm just thinking of like another a good receiver that could potentially make a big splash on another team. Allen Robinson has been good on both teams. He's been on currently, and that could be what they hope for with Alshon Jeffrey. If they can get him some help, um, maybe a, a complimentary running back Their all their guys are super small right now. Um, yeah. I, I just, I just think they need to help them. Uh, of course, offensive line is going to be in there. That's a given, but just some weapons. They, they that, haven't had a what,
2: receiver since Terrell Owens. If If you, and I'm talking good receivers, if you want to, Say Deshaun Jackson's a good
0: receiver. I mean, no, yeah,
2: yeah so for the five
3: had
0: games he's healthy. CO. Yeah, uh, Deshaun Jackson can't stay healthy, and he should probably—he's technically on their squad right now, isn't he? Yeah, yep. yeah. So he needs to be—he should retire, along all the greats that retired this year. He's a flashy player, but he should—he should hang up the cleats. He's going to get hurt, and no one should invest any money in him any longer. Yeah, they—that they haven't had like a weapon. Good receiver in so long, man.
2: It's like they. Yeah, they.
0: They've swung and missed, like on on draft picks and on free agents, like Alshon Jeffrey. So, um yeah, I just think they need to give him some help.
1: I'm just I'm really happy that they wound up with JJ Arcega-Whiteside instead of DK Metcalf, though.
0: <laughs> yeah, what an what an abysmal waste of talent that would have been if you would have gone there. Exactly, uh, that would have been
1: very frustrating. Yeah, exactly. So, uh well, so I, I guess that's kind of it. The the part on the eagles but but let's turn to the saints now they they were the one seed coming into the game and we we have to say because we're going to talk about the another team next and we've already talked about pittsburgh uh mark definitely nailed his first mark my words by calling the the saints and the uh steelers to fall out of the one seeds and it happened within a a span of a week so that's some pretty powerful mark my words it will be interesting to see what what else that he's got for that one but However, with the the Saints, one thing in the, the game that just stuck out to me, I'm usually not in favor of kind of alternating quarterbacks. But it does seem like the Saints have two quarterbacks for distinct different things. Like with Jameis Winston on the bench and T- Taysom Hill being the one who's been starting, like if you have a lead and you're trying to run the <laughs> clock down, Taysom Hill is a great quarterback to have for that with all of his rushing capabilities. Uh but if you're behind by a good bit, or if you're trying to build a lead, I feel like Winston is going to be better for that, where he, he can actually distribute the ball, move your team down the field. He might make terrible decisions, but he's had a year under Sean Payton. I think it might be a, a good time to see what he's got, to. Hill's done well. And also, I think it's a thing that's just in this aspect alone – Sean Payton is even better than Bill Belichick. And that's it, and just bringing in different quarterbacks and getting them comfortable and having random people be able to su- succeed and the team not not miss a beat. Like, they've been really great with that. Uh, but it didn't work out for him on this one. And, and I, I just think that if they also, if they brought in Winston, it could give, they have to bring Alvin Kamara back alive. if they're If they're trying to do anything, like go to the Super Bowl, be a real serious contender they have to find a way to maximize Kamara's performance just in, in case they don't have Drew Brees in the long run. Uh, so, so Mark, what, what do you see that the Saints were missing in today's game other than obviously Brees, and what what do they need to do going forward to turn things back around?
3: Okay, so I'm going to start with the obvious, and that's Taysom, Taysom Hill. And what I've noticed over – the last four weeks with him at quarterback is that he is extremely indecisive. He doesn't know whether he wants to run or throw. And then when he does commit to running, it's too late. He needs to do a little bit of what Jalen hurts did. in His first game (laughs) is just make a decision and go with it. And he even said after the game, he's like, yeah, he's like, I know there's a couple of plays where I could have taken off and got like seven yards, maybe eight. Um, But I was, trying to look downfield and hit a receiver. And that's all well and dandy, but uh and I get he's trying to prove that he is a, a pocket passer and you know, he can throw the ball and he's not just the guy who can run the ball like Lamar Jackson. But sometimes you just have to take what the other team's <coughs> giving you and not get too fancy with it. And I feel like that's what he does quite a bit. And it's gonna be one of our downfalls probably next week against the Chiefs also. Um, and the next person I'd like to point out is actually like my danger zone for the week. And I don't know how many people follow saints kickers, but Sean Payton puts them on the shortest leash in the world. There was one time he cut a kicker before week one of the season and we have five days until the game. So (laughs) I'm going to put Will Lutz in my danger zone. He missed two field goals. One from 41 yards, one from 57. I'll cut him a little slack on the 57-yarder, but the 41-yarder is unacceptable. He missed a field goal last week that was, like, 45 yards. And anybody who knows anything about playoff football, having a clutch kicker is extremely important. Just ask the Bears. Um <laughs> You will not win if you're missing two or three field goals a game. And that's what Will Lutz is doing. And I don't see him sticking around after this season. I'm in
2: the fantasy
3: football playoffs. Well, I was. And uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh,
2: I I played against Will Lutz. And I was very stoked to see him play bad. And I only lost by 30.
1: (laughs) 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 It could have been 45. Things what? are looking up. <laughs> well, you, you know another kicker that decided uh, – an amazing kicker who decided to randomly have a horrible week, especially if you had him in the fantasy playoffs, it's Brandon McManus. He missed two extra
3: points. Oh, yeah. Did you see what he was posted all- online about that? No. He was like, Brandon McManus sucks. And then he, like, retweeted it and was like, oops, I thought that was my burner account. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, uh, we're also not going to have him potentially this weekend. So that's kind of big news, too. Oh, we should get to that when we get to the Broncos game. But yeah, he's uh, on COVID list for uh, COVID. Uh, close <laughs> contact. Yeah, well, well, not for COVID, for being in close contact with someone outside of the team. That oh, great. Contact. So
1: we're, we're going to have no special teams for a week after oh. having no quarterback. Exactly. Right. Well, anyway, let, let's uh, I've got one last key stat since I thought I was going to do that for your, each of the big games. Mm-hmm. Uh, The one from this game, the Eagles rediscovered their rushing attack. They had 246 yards as a team. Jalen Hurts obviously played a huge part in that, but Miles Sanders had an 82-yard touchdown run as well, and that that's really uh, the difference in the game. I mean, they won by three points, and they had that, that 80-yard run, so if you have a play like that, you're most likely going to win the game, and that's it's actually what the what the Eagles did. But let's pivot into the next game, John. Um,
3: real quick, I forgot. Yeah, he, sure he's actually my apology island. I have him in fantasy, and he's been putting up like under <laughs> five points for the last four or five weeks. So I benched him, especially because he was playing the Saints defense, who has not allowed, allowed a hundred yard rusher in fifty five <laughs> games to give up two in fifty five. Um, and he put up twenty seven points on my bench. I'm still Ooh, winning by, like, out. 15 right now, so I think I'm okay. But I apologize for uh, benching you against my Saints defense. <laughs> All
1: right. Well, uh, uh, interesting. Uh, we just brought him up at the last minute there. Uh, so, if no one's watching, this Ravens game is absolutely insane. i just have to bring this oh, up. Oh, no. They just so, scored. Well, so, if you weren't paying attention – Lamar Jackson left the game injured, and they had yeah. to bring Trace McSorley in for him when they were down by a point. McSorley got hurt trying to run the ball, and he went off limping. And they had to. Lamar came out of the locker room and put put his helmet back on while he was limping, and then just delivered a touchdown pass of forty-four yards to Hollywood Brown to take the lead back. So that that's pretty crazy. It's kind of the risk you run if you uh, do the podcast in the middle of the last game. But, however, some of us have our sleep schedules, so sacrifices you have to make. They're um, like
0: the, the. Sorry, I was going to say a, a quick joke. They're like the poor man's version of Tyreek and Pat. But <laughs>
1: that that is kind of like that. definitely the happens. Walmart it, brand. It, it only yeah. happens like once a year, though, so it, <laughs> yeah. it, it's just like an annual thing instead of a weekly thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Be, speaking of Tyreek and Pat, they beat the Dolphins thirty-three to twenty-seven yesterday. That was this was kind of a weird game. I don't have a ton for it. It seemed like the Chiefs were just going to blow them out, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, wait, the Dolphins have the ball and a chance to, to go back ahead. So, uh, that, that was really weird. And also, wasn't this a stat last year where I know the Chiefs came back from down 10 in every single playoff game, but wasn't it a, a thing where it was like Mahomes has more comebacks from down 10 points than every other quarterback in the league or some? Crazy thing like that because he he also did it again yesterday. The Dolphins were up ten zero, and the the Chiefs found a way to win, which is always the thing. Uh, but my my theory with Mahomes yesterday, it feels like he might have switched bodies with Mitch Trubisky in the first quarter. Uh, <laughs> if, if you were watching the the Texans and Bears game, like that was a pretty cool game uh, as well. Like Trubisky, he actually looked confident, and he was playing it exactly like Pat Mahomes, doing sidearm throws just playing free Uh, and Mahomes was playing like Trubisky. He had two picks right off the the thing. But my key stat from this game was the chiefs lost the turnover battle four to one, and they still beat a playoff team on the road relatively easily. So I think we're dealing with a juggernaut here. I I don't, even though the bills look impressive, I don't think anyone's going to beat them, but I'm going to throw this question to, to Justin and let him talk a little bit about the game. Uh, I guess my my takeaway with this team and this this, is, this guy's actually on my danger zone is Claude Edwards Alaire. He only he had 16 carries for 32 yards, and I guess he's my danger zone guy. And I'm gonna pivot it to Justin by asking, is it fair to say he's been a little bit disappointing being a first round pick?
0: Yeah, a hundred percent. Like I, I mean, he's only
1: had that one.
0: Like his week one, uh, the first game of the year, he looked really impressive. And then I think he had another really good game that was similar, like week seven yeah. or eight. And then he's just kind of disappeared. And I don't even know if it's, like, his fault because they're not really using Le'Veon either. And I don't know which one's more of a big disappointment. Like, Le'Veon being, like, the big splasher. But he was like, oh, my God, they just signed the Rich Get Richer. You know, even we said it. Like, that's just not fair. And he's, you know, I I can't even remember a play he's made, really. I I would
1: say the Chiefs are the the team that – the one team that are okay not having a rushing game. And Andy Reid – has proven that especially with Mahomes. but i, I think that, and justin we'll go back to you but i think yeah. bell is actually going to take his job in the playoffs and it's going to be the main guy for the playoffs yeah yeah i I don't doubt that for a second he's
0: the bigger back and when you're in the playoffs little guys you know don't tend to last that's why derrick henry is such a big a big splash in the in the playoffs as, as, as of the last couple of years um yeah, I I think in this can be a really bold take. I think they're both back seeded to Darren Williams or Damian Williams next year when he comes back.
1: Yep. Could be.
0: And um my I don't really have takeaways from this game really except for uh evidently the NFL isn't slow enough for Tua to beat um Kansas City. So I I'm gonna, that, that's
1: been Justin's least favorite comment of the year i Yeah, I absolutely
0: hate that. Like I said, I not that he's loudmouth or anything and everybody wanted to like pat him on the back for winning his first game and it was like adorable how he gave the coach the ball and he like sat <laughs> on the field. That's real cute and all. Um but like, hey man, big boys are in town and Pat Mahomes is the biggest. That dude, you know, throws three interceptions and still ends up beating a really good defense, one of the best defenses in the NFL. Um, and that's, that's someone who the NFL has slowed down for this dude just tosses 60 yard touchdown passes to Tyree kill whenever he feels like it really. Um, and the other takeaway I have is that Xavier Howard, uh, leads the NFL in interceptions yet again with another interception on Pat Mahomes. Um, he should get some more recognition. I mean that this dude's leading the NFL and if it was anybody else besides him, if it was Richard Sherman, we'd all know about it. Uh, right. Jalen Ramsey, we'd know about it. But no one talks about Xavier Howard, and he's on a really good defense. But even that, he's been good his entire career. So I just think he might be
1: uh, – he might need a little more recognition. Dude's really- do you think he's going to win Defensive Player of the Year?
0: No, I do I do uh, know who I think is going to win Defensive Player of the Year. I think I have that somewhere here. But he should definitely be in the conversation,
1: you know? Oh, yeah. I, I mean, Aaron – Devon Gilmore. Is awesome, but, but like, you think Gilmore is? Oh, no, like round-
0: – No, no, not at all. Okay. Oh, oh. It's
3: Brown. Uh, it's Brown. Kareem Hunt with the touchdown.
0: Oh, what? I'm behind 30 seconds. Way to go, guys!
3: <laughs> yeah, uh, I bet you 10 fine.
0: bucks. And Kareem Hunt scores next touchdown. <laughs> you are <laughs> a gambling man. Um, I just think uh, Stefan Gilmore, the year he won defensive, was that last year or two years ago? Last year. When he won Steph- last year, yeah. Yeah, it seems like it should never have happened, but when he won defensive player of the year, his whole Claim to fame was that he had the most interceptions in the NFL. I mean, that's Xavier Howard this year, and he's more impressive, in my opinion. So,
1: yeah, he's got
0: a He's just picks. crazy. Dude. It
2: has to be Aaron Donald or TJ Watt, dude. If
0: yeah, they- exactly. And it will be, but I just think he should be in the conversation. Yeah, for point. sure. I agree.
1: I definitely agree. Yep. Fair, fair enough. Uh, so, Ryan, Mark, Ryan, or Mark, any other takeaways for the Chiefs or Dolphins game?
3: Um, yeah, I would disagree with Clyde Edwards' lair being disappointing. And I would say that would. the whole Chiefs offensive line, their ability to rush block is disappointing. Okay. I I feel like uh if you were to pull up a stat similar to what you did with the Steelers, talking about how their pass blocking is amazing and their rush blocking's horrible, the Chiefs would be right there number two in that category. Um okay. that's fair point. They have yeah, two that's definitely probably a good running point. backs and they can't seem to produce with either one. <laughs> unless they're throwing the ball to him. So I, I would just say I don't put it as much on him as, a, as as much as I put it on their offensive line's ability. And honestly, that suits them, though, because they don't need to pound the ball in order to win games. I mean, it's obvious. They can throw the ball to the other team three or four times a game and still come out with a victory. So I I think their strength resides in passing, and as long as their running backs can catch a ball every so often – that's all they need them to do so i think they fit their scheme perfectly
0: that's fair and that's probably something no one's going to talk about or at least point to right away cuz off linemen in general are just overlooked but yeah they they probably they're probably the one team in the nfl that just absolutely can go without a run game they could probably do empty backfield every single every single snap and be completely fine
1: yeah, now I wonder, uh, as a lineman, if that kind of affects your mentality, knowing you have Mahomes back there that's just, like, graceful and can make it rain, as opposed to, like, we have to be super physical and run for six yards every time or else we're going to get killed. Yeah. So, uh, spe- speaking of a team that recently that probably felt like that up until this week, the Denver Broncos, uh, they, they went – cross country to Carolina and beat the Panthers 32 to 27. Uh, and definitely after, after being in the danger zone for two straight weeks, uh, I am a, a man of my word and I have to put drew lock on apology Island this week. He came out, had his best game of his career through four touchdown passes, finally showed something. Uh, so, and since uh, and he actually has the key stat from this game too since what what I call mask gate and Drew Locke was forced to sit out and ruin the Saints <laughs> and Broncos game, he's had six touchdowns and two interceptions, uh, which the two picks still isn't great. That's still a pick per game. However, that's a marked uh, improvement because over the rest of the season, he's had seven touchdown passes versus 11 interceptions. So definitely been a lot better ever since that. Hopefully this kind of helped refocus some. The only thing I would say is Broncos fans do need to be wary. Locke finished last season really strong as well. We don't want to be in a situation where if we finish the season, say three and one or even four and oh, that fans are going to have to be like, we have to be all in on Locke. We can't bring in another quarterback under any circumstance. Just keep your eyes open. Like if he plays great, continues doing this, that's wonderful. And he'll probably continue to do it, but let's not let's just be be honest with ourselves and evaluate things as they come. Uh, What are your takeaways for this one, Justin? Uh,
0: My foolish pick is that the Broncos are going to win out the rest of the season. And while that is fun and cool for Broncos fans, it's just going to ruin our draft pick. So I'm not really like super stoked about it, but that is my foolish pick for the week out of this game is that the Broncos will win the rest of their games. The and it's kind of interesting because their next game is this Saturday against the, the Buffalo Bills, who I said had the best chance of knocking out Kansas City. Um, and then their other two games are in-division Raiders and Chargers, so that probably isn't as foolish. But I think they're going to win out. They're going to go 8-8. Eight and eight. Um, Their defense is for real. I think we've had pretty stellar defensive outings against uh, basically all of the games pretty much. The, the defense is the only reason we've had any sort of uh, – Life in any of these games uh, when Drew Lock wasn't playing well, and uh, that's missing AJ Boye, Bryce Callahan for half the season, Von Miller, of course, and you know Shelby Harris. Uh, we we've just had been riddled with injuries, and I think the defense is really good. Um, also,
1: uh, KJ Hamler. Oh yeah, he he's really been emerging the last few weeks. Yeah, he has two. T- he had two touchdowns. Uh, I don't think
0: anybody expected. The slot guy, the speed guy, to have such an immediate impact on that on that offense, I just think we have a good receiving core. I mean, we get Cortland Sutton back. I don't think people say that enough. Next year, Tim Patrick's a physical beast, six um, five, and just a strong dude. Uh, I think it's going to be interesting once we get Judy Patrick, Hamler, and Sutton all together, and then you throw in Fant, and it's just like who do you throw to?
1: Whoever's open, I suppose.
0: Yeah, the, when they're they're all going to be so, <laughs> you know. Cause uh,
1: they're also well, good. Well, and I, th- I think he forgot to mention when Albert O comes back.
0: Oh yeah, how could I, sorry, friend of the show, uh, long time listener, Albert O, of course. Um, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be if we can get a good quarterback. If Drew ends up you know stepping up, similar to how Josh Allen did, maybe in his third year. Uh, wishful thinking, but it could be pretty interesting to see that just a high powered offense. Um, and the other thing I took away from this game from Carolina's side is that Teddy still sucks. Um, most vanilla young quarterback I've seen. And um, the Panthers really need DJ Moore. even if he's, he was my receiver on the decline, but even if he's on the field, he's just a big body and he deserves respect like from, from, from the defenses. So they need him and Christian, Christian McCaffrey back, obviously it goes without saying, but um, they really suffer without having DJ Moore on the field at least. And of course not having Christian McCaffrey is always going to hinder your team's uh, performance.
1: Fair enough. Uh, Mark, any takeaways for the Broncos game?
3: Yeah, this was a garbage time win. Um, The whole game was a garbage time game, obviously. It didn't mean anything to either team except for picks, and you guys messed it up. So I think as soon as Albert O went out, your season was over, and you should have just started (laughs) tanking for a a higher pick, and you can't even do that right. So not a fan of this win.
1: Well, well maybe, we're, maybe we're doing it right again. If McManus is in the COVID protocol, we'll have no special teams next week. Maybe one week we'll not have a defense and then not the entire offense the next week. We can only hope. Yeah. So uh, that, that pretty much finishes up the front page games for this week. We're going to take a short little break, and we'll come back and talk about the rest of the games for the week and any of our remaining picks. Sounds good. Sounds good. Hello and welcome back to the football fools podcast as we're just sitting here watching the Browns throw 37 laterals in a play. To see what happens. Uh, we, we're going to come back and talk about the rest of the games from the weekend. We don't have a whole lot of whole lot of nuance with these games because we've kind of covered the main games. Uh, but the next one we're going to talk about here, Texans and Bears. And like we kind of vaguely referenced earlier, Looks like Mitch Trubisky played the game of his career. He was just totally out of his body. Uh something that you're not used to seeing for him at all. Another thing that was really weird with this game, uh David Montgomery's coming on and he's weirdly found speed over the last couple of weeks. Like the, the the whole book on him was that he had no speed whatsoever. He didn't couldn't do any breakaway runs. And here we've had a couple of weeks here in a row lately that He's had a long touchdown run, so it's really odd. But the oddest thing of all, and it it goes beyond this game, but the key stat here with Mitch Trubisky having the the huge game, so there was a point Sunday where the top four fantasy quarterbacks were Mitch Trubisky, Drew Locke, Tua, and Teddy Bridgewater. So (laughs) think think of having any bet on that at any point ever.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, Mitch is the goat. I've said it before. Mitch, the great, That's his nickname. Um, he's going to be in the long run a better quarterback than Pat Mahomes.
1: Is that your foolish take?
0: No, that was a total joke. I'm sorry. I just said, I probably said it too serious. Um, uh,
1: no, I, I was kind of joking around about that when this game happened the, the other day that, uh, my foolish take is Mitch Trubisky is actually in the long run going to be the best quarterback from the draft class with him, Mahomes and Watson.
0: That's actually your foolish pick? No.
3: Oh, okay. Mark <laughs> my words. <laughs> <laughs> this is my favorite part of the show. Yeah. <laughs> That will not happen. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Two for two. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I had to play it safe this week. Uh, it was a miracle. Last week's came true. I gave it two weeks. It happened a week early. So I'm just going to play it safe. Mitch Trubisky will not be better than Deshaun Watson or Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> hey, That's he probably- will not win more career MVPs than Pat Mahomes.
1: No. I guess we'll see. All right. Well, no one's talking about the Texans or Bears, so I guess that's all we've got for that one. Uh, Cardinals and Giants. So I think this was the gambling game that destroyed everybody because coming into the week, just about everyone would have picked the Giants to win this since they were playing so well coming in. And of course, the Cardinals went easily 26 to 7. Don't totally believe in them, but uh, if Kyler Murray going to run as much as he did in that game, they're definitely have a, a better chance looking forward into the playoffs. Uh, any any takeaways from that game, guys? Yeah, I just uh, not the game itself,
2: but I just don't know how that. I'm, I'm a loser when it comes to gambling, but I don't know how that was so close, like odds wise. Because I would I wouldn't have bet on the Giants. I thought Cardinals were going to win that from the previous week. If you were to ask me, I don't think the Giants are that good.
0: They're not. Yeah, they're not. And that's the. I only had two takeaways from this game. Is or three, excuse me. It's that the Giants disappoint everyone, including myself. I should to just say New York. Arizona's offense is just so kind of boring to watch right now, even with Kyler. Um, and Kyler looked better. That was all. I mean, he he just got back to running a little bit, and his arm looked, uh, to be better. And that was really all I took away from the game. I don't know why I put so much faith in the
1: Giants. They always screw me. All right. Fair enough. Any any others? Nope. All right. No. Yep. no takers. Got it. Cool. Col- Colts and Raiders. So my the, the Colts had a, a surprising kind of blowout win, at least in, in my perspective. But another thing, so it seemed like the same thing has happened two years in a row with the Raiders. They've gotten off to a really good start early and midway through the season, and then they've crashed and burned at the end. And I feel like that has not been talked about this year at all like they they almost lost to the Jets and that to really kind of mitigate how big of a skid that they've been on, like that hit it a little bit, but this is something like, you know, I I felt really good and been complimentary about Gruden the last couple of years, but I don't think that's a very good mark on your coaching resume. If you're getting into the playoffs or that time of year, and then you just fade right away.
0: Yeah, I agree. Uh, Gruden's done a good job, but I think they're just a year, another year away. Um, I think their offense is on the right track. Jacobs and you know Waller and all those in the receivers and stuff that they have. Um, I think it's their def- the defensive side they need to focus on. They kind of swung and missed on uh, Clinton Farrell, and Max Crosby was a was a nice surprise. But I think their defense needs some help. They're just a year away, um, and I think the Colts getting T Y involved was obviously a good idea. And I think they have a good one-two punch there with uh, Jonathan Taylor and Naheem Hines. And you got to remember another person coming back. They have uh, Marlon Mack coming back next year, which will be kind of interesting to see because it could be a cool three-headed monster.
1: Yep. A lot of good backs. Yeah. All right. Well, next game that I have on the list here is the Vikings and the Bucks. Uh, so one thing from this game, the, the Vikings also had a, a kicker. No one probably had him. In the playoffs but if you did you definitely lost your game because of that which is <laughs> one of the negative parts about having kickers in these leagues um however there was a big play in this game it was towards the end of the first half where brady threw a bomb into the end zone and they called a pass interference and the box just got i believe it wound up they just kicked the free field goal right after it and that's just something i've noticed just so frequently this year is whenever it's a deep pass down the field and there's a little bit of contact whatsoever, i am just naturally, I'm looking for the flag. And I don't like that. Um, I feel like one of the things that the league should do, and especially since people talk about the offenses being out of control now, I think they should loosen up the language for pass interference and may- maybe like make it a little more vague do- going down the field and say like, Basically, it's the official's discretion if it was too much contact that to keep the receiver from being able to make the catch. And they can throw a flag if they want to. And if they don't deem the contact to be enough to raise the interference, they don't have to throw the flag. Uh, Mark, as the uh, resident been screwed over by pass interference calls? What do you think about that rule idea? <laughs>
3: <laughs> I don't like it at all. <laughs> and in, in fact, I want them to bring back being able to challenge pass interference.
1: All right. Well, I mean, I just feel like with the the Saints, it doesn't work out in whatever way you do it around pass interference. So I I feel like, you know, if if the officials can make the decision that they'll probably at least swallow the whistle at the appropriate times. But uh, the one with the Rams wasn't necessarily the appropriate time. Yeah,
0: I... uh... I didn't really care to watch this game. I don't know why. It just seemed like a boring matchup to me. So I really have nothing on this game at all. Um, I'm still just going to stick to my guns and say don't bet on the Vikings at all.
1: Yep. Well, I, I guess I, I have one one other thing with with the Bucks here. So I feel like a little bit steadily, and it might be because I'm such a Brady fan, but over the yeah. year, I've just started to not like Brewster Arians very much. Like I, I feel like. Yeah, it's a thing where you call out your players, and that that's fun and dandy and everything. But I kind of feel like Arians only calls out the players. And, like, the book on him is he doesn't work that hard. Like, the, the dude likes to go home and drink cocktails after work every day. And he, he's like the one NFL coach that's kind of known to be like, hey, it's cool. Go, go and miss this practice. Which, it, that sounds nice and well and everything, but it's the NFL. You have Tom Brady for two years and he's trying to win a Super Bowl. Like you have to find a way to maximize that. And it it just doesn't seem like Arians is one is gonna be the guy for that. Like he was the one that he said in the off season when they they asked him like what's the one thing on your wish list and he said Tom Brady. Well how stupid is it that he's brought in Brady and has been stubborn about the offense and not changed it at all. Like Bruce Arians is also the guy who has thrown Winston under the bus last year for doing all the turnovers. And then you've got the exact person you wish for. And now he's turning the ball over more than he's been doing it. At what point does Bruce Arians say, Hey, maybe I'm going you to know, look in a mirror because they actually still exist.
0: Yeah. In my opinion, they, that team doesn't have any, any reason to make excuses right now. Their defense is good enough and they have all the weapons in the world. I mean, like they might as well be like a Madden created team from a, from a couple years ago, but yeah, it's, it's it's got to fall Arians at some point. You know Tom Brady's not making mistakes like that.
2: Guys, you, who's calling Tom Brady's plays though? He's one of the greatest Pittsburgh Steelers quarterbacks of all
0: time. Byron Leftwich? Byron Leftwich is not that good.
2: Byron Leftwich is calling Tom Brady's plays. That sounds ridiculous. Like
0: Yeah, it's a little weird. Like do we
2: know where Byron Leftwich coached before this? I don't. I like that's crazy. Like maybe it's the offensive play calling. That's just garbage.
0: Should probably call in Tommy
1: Maddox.
2: It, it, is, it is a Steelers. little bit funny
1: when you put it in that, that perspective where it's like, we have Tom Brady, the goat and his play caller is going to be this really <laughs> mediocre quarterback who played at the same time as him. except for 15 last year. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh exactly. Yeah. It, it's just because I think Bruce Arians is great. And uh I think he's always been a good coach. And, uh, but Byron Leftwich is calling his plays, and it's like, maybe that's not the answer. And they, who knows? Tom Brady's also making, he's like, he's like Big Ben right now. He's making some stupid decisions. And, uh, I think he'll figure it out, though, because I think the Bucks will be in the championship game.
0: All right. I don't think, uh, anybody should be calling plays for Tom Brady, just similar to Peyton. Just let them, like, maybe make yeah. some suggestions, you know, like yeah, as an I mean, offensive coach, like, hey, Tom. You've thrown a lot recently. Maybe uh, maybe just hand it off once. And he's like, you know what, man? Shut up. <laughs> and then you just kind of
3: – Yeah, we're going to check uh, out of that.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's like, yeah, okay, yeah. Call your run. Okay, I'm going to throw. That's basically what Peyton Manning did with Adam Gase, and that's what Tom Brady should be doing right now with Byron Lefwich. Exactly.
1: Well um, – We hear Tom Brady on Sunday. Omaha. <laughs> <laughs> all right well let's move off of that game to to another one with a a florida team that's not not as good as you would want them to be and that's the jacksonville jaguars losing 31 to 10 to the tennessee titans and derrick henry is this time of year once again december's his month he he ran for over 200 yards and it's just something at at the end of the season everyone's beat up it's hard to tackle that dude it it seems like that they, they might be able to win their division still but that's not anybody that you want to be facing on the road in the playoffs. And they actually got a Lambeau field in a, in the next week or two here, which will be pretty interesting to see. Uh, so, uh, no, no huge takeaway from this one. It's like the, the Jags put Gardner Minshew back in and it's like, yeah, you're obviously tanking. Like he's obviously way better than any other quarterback that you have.
0: Yeah. And so, And that's, that's really who they should start. It should be Minshew the rest of the way until they draft Justin Fields or Get somehow get the pick from, uh, the Jets and get Lawrence or something. But James Robinson's the real deal. He proved that. He proves that week after week. Um, only other thing I really have from this game is that AJ Brown and DK Metcalf are probably like the new like the 2020 version of Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry. Same school, like really good buddies, um, and both like great receivers, just go, like playing out of their minds right now.
1: Very, very traded. Where'd they go to school?
0: Uh, don't recall some some second tier school some second tier college um oh john i think you went there actually what was it
3: old yes uh
1: that is old yeah
0: okay it's no it's no butte community college but i guess it's uh it's okay yeah
1: it, it is definitely okay that is one of the adjectives for it uh, <laughs> so, so yeah uh, but mo- moving on from that one let, let's talk about speaking of butte community college the the a, album mater of Aaron Rodgers, quarterback of the Green Bay Packers, if you, you didn't know what team he was on yet. Uh, but, yes. but, yeah, they defeat the Lions 31-24. They move into the one seed, just like Mark was going to call, by virtue of a tiebreaker. Uh, I, I did have another tiebreaker question. I wanted to see if Mark or anyone knew this one. So, if uh, say the Patriots, they play the Jets the last game of the year. Say the Patriots throw that game and. Like, Belichick is just like, I'm not going to allow you to have Trevor Lawrence. Do the – and the Jags have one win and the Jets have it? Who wins the tiebreaker?
3: The Jets. The Jags beat the Colts the first game of the year. So, that's in their uh, division.
1: All right. So even if the Jets had a, maybe the Patriots would be a division. Actually, that's
3: true. Yeah, uh, my mistake. Would it be a coin flip
1: for Trevor Lawrence? That would be. a I I think. I think it it would be
3: strength of schedule at that point. Okay. I thought it was (laughs)
2: coin flip because they all. Don't all the other tiebreakers do coin flip?
1: That would be amazing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, gosh. Well, so that's something I think that should be said. I think the Jets should just. Sorry, I know we're talking about the Packers and Lions. But I think the Jets – you know what? Yeah, let's talk about the Packers line. Sorry, I'll get to that. we we'll get to the Jets game for half a second because that game's boring. Okay,
1: well, I mean, fair fair enough. But they're not a lot to go go with this one. I, I feel like the, the lines hung in it a little bit longer than it seemed like they should have been able to. But I guess that's just the weird divisional thing. But pretty run-of-the-mill game. Adams had a touchdown. I don't think anything that crazy happened with it. Yeah, so back yeah. to my fantasy
2: situation. <laughs>
1: I could have won,
2: but it lost by thirty. Went against Aaron Rodgers. He he just <laughs> wouldn't stop. <laughs> like he just would not stop, and it pissed me off. What a game! Congratulations. I I, I yep. technically should advance to the next round, but because
0: I only lost by thirty. But it is what it is. God, Sean Gannon really chose the right team to to bandwagon on, huh? About ten years ago. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm all in on Matt Stafford. If Drew Locke, uh, even if just for competition, I, I I think we're all pretty sure that unless Drew Locke has some Josh Allen like turnaround next year, that he's probably, he could potentially not be the guy. Um, and yeah. I'm once John brought it up a couple weeks ago, now it's getting a little more traction, but I'm all in on Matt Stafford. I love, I've always loved Matt Stafford. And if he can somehow make his way to the Broncos next year, that'd be amazing. And then another, not really fool. it's not my foolish take because I already said that, but another bold take. Um, I, uh, think the Packers, if they're one and done this, this off season, why, why, why don't you trade Rogers and sell high on Rogers? Like, are you really going to get any better? They don't make splashes in free agency. Um, they can hope to draft another, what running back to add to that three, that, 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 uh, threesome they have back there, um, at the position They they just don't do anything in the draft. They obviously weren't trying to help Rogers this, this off season in the draft or in free agency. They never do. Um, why don't you just get rid of the dude? It doesn't. It seems like there's some sort of like uh, non-spoken argument that's going on between Rogers and like ownership, and it just seems like they don't ever want to help him, and they just leave it on him to God. Yeah, man. Well, you got what you got. Do what you can, and he's just that good where he can make something out of nothing. And at this point, why don't you just sell high and get like two first for him, and try to like go with Jordan Love and just kind of build the team around him? I guess because that's obviously what they're like leaning towards is, is
1: it worth giving up like they're the one the one seed right now if you think you could do that even one more year is it worth giving that up yeah but like I, yeah
0: i a hundred percent but only if they're willing to help them and then at that point why are you putting a bunch of potential draft stock or money into building a team for a guy you only plan on have having for another year you know what i mean they just don't ever seem to want to help them and if they can sell high on this dude and get a couple first round picks to build for the future why not? Because if he's one and done, that's what he's done consistently in his career except for the Super Bowl run. He always seems to be one and done. Similar like the Saints, unfortunately, with Drew Brees. And that's not Drew Brees' fault. That's that team that always gets screwed over by calls or penalties. But um, I think you sell high on, on Aaron Rodgers if you can in the offseason and get someone if they're one and done. If they make a deep playoff run, maybe, maybe something else. Uh, but think, if not – I think they're a Super Bowl team. I think so. But like I'm saying – if they're one and done, because that's happened to them multiple times in the playoffs, get 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 something for Rodgers, man. Don't let him, like, waste his career, you know, being like Tony Romo in the playoffs or Andy Dalton in the playoffs and just losing every game first one and done. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's too good to waste.
1: Yeah, Just who is the – like, save Green Bay's the number one seed. Like, who is the team – like, the the type of team they struggle with is, like, San Francisco from last year, really physical – Like, who's the team that could come up to Green Bay and do that? Is it the Saints? I, I, I gotta think so, Mark.
3: No. (laughs) Is is it the Rams?
1: Yeah, Uh, could be. Yeah. yeah. I I think it's the Seahawks. Seahawks. Okay. Yeah, I could, I could. You think the Packers? I'm gonna go
2: against the Green. I'm gonna tell you right now, boys, the Washington. Football
1: team is on the oh, rise.
3: Yes. <laughs> I like it.
1: I like it, Ryan. You know, I, I actually had a, a pick with them at the beginning of the year. And uh, I'm like, I'm a stupid person. So, I act like the season is over after two weeks instead of just sticking with all my picks. And I, I gave up mm-hmm. on it. But <laughs> there was a thing back like 10 years ago in MLB. You had the Tampa Bay Devil Rays. And they, they said they exercised the devil. So they got rid of the devil and just became the Rays. They had been terrible their entire franchise existence, and then the year they got rid of the name, they went to the World Series out of nowhere. And so with, with Washington, I was just like, "They're going to win the division. They're just going to find a way to to win that division because they got rid of the name." And if I stuck with it, I might have actually been right. But so I, I, I guess uh, I guess my apology island is like to myself for for making bad choices. <laughs>
2: Hey, and our pick, Alex Smith, uh, most improved player. He's uh, he's hurt right now, but he's definitely making that
0: case. Can we actually go to that game? If no one has anything else to say about uh, yeah. the Packers-Lions game, can we yeah, go to the Washington-San Francisco game? Or, excuse me, the Washington-Arizona 49ers game? <laughs> um, yeah, so I think San Francisco – so I have a lot to say about this game. I, I know I talk a lot, but San Francisco needs to get someone like Aaron Rodgers or Trevor Lawrence – if they can trade, I know San Francisco is bad enough where they could potentially make a trade with like one or two to get Trevor Lawrence, and uh, if they're willing to give up the draft capital, of course. But Aaron Rodgers is from San, uh, from you know Northern California, from Chico, California. Uh, it'd be cool to see him like go sort of back home and play uh, in San Francisco because we've all said it. Jimmy G is not the dude. I don't know if that's physically or financially possible for them to move off of Jimmy G, but. Getting Trevor Lawrence would be kind of cool too, even if he doesn't have to start. Um, they could trade a couple, you know, they're they're stacked on defense and they have a, a fairly talented offense with George Kittle and all their 16 running backs and stuff. It'd be cool to see them get a good quarterback. Um, and Alex Smith uh, could do what he does, I think, normally and make it to the playoffs, whether he goes deep this time. He's been to the playoffs with all of his teams. Um, so it'd be interesting to see him do that with the Redskins if he can uh, – or the Washington football team, excuse me, and go make a go to the playoffs with three different teams. Um, and I think Chase Young is defensive rookie of the year. I think a lot of people would have would agree. And uh, I think Young and Montez Sweat are the next uh, great defensive duo. Any thoughts? Yep,
1: I think they're kind of proving that.
0: Yeah, they're both insane uh, every single week, and Chase just had like or. Yeah, Chase Young had his best game of his, you know, his rookie his rookie year. And uh that defense is good enough to get them into the playoffs. And I think if they have a good uh matchup, potentially against the Pittsburgh Steelers, or no, I, I, why do I keep doing that? Why do I keep saying that they're in the AFC? <laughs> I don't know. Uh I that's three weeks in a row. Anyway, I think uh the the Washington football team, if they end up winning out their division, which seems very likely now, um, they could shock somebody in the playoffs, their defense is that good.
1: Yep. Well, uh, you know, what you were saying just a second ago, kind <laughs> of to piggybacked on one of my takes about the Niners a couple of weeks ago, I was saying that, mm-hmm. that they, like every other team in their division, has leveraged themselves and traded two first-round picks, basically, for another player. Um And the, the Niners are the one team that haven't made a big trade like that. Like, they sent out DeForest Buckner for draft picks. Like, that – and mm-hmm. um, unfortunately, that might be a team that's in the market for Matt Stafford, too. It might come down to if them or the Broncos are willing to offer more for him.
0: Yeah, and I'm hoping that's sort of uh, something w- similar to what happened with Peyton. Um, San Francisco was in the runnings for Peyton as well back in 2011 or 2012, whatever that was. And uh, John Elway just convinced him. So hopefully Matt Stafford can do uh, something yeah, similar. And,
1: it, and we would be cross-conference in that scenario.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that'd be interesting. So uh, not the weirdest thing. It'd be cool. Like my whole point was that they need a quarterback, maybe not Aaron Rodgers and Trevor Lawrence, of course, but they need to, they need to make a, some sort of move to get, cause their team's ready-made it seems like.
1: Yeah, sure. So w- without taking as much time, what was your take on the Jets?
0: Oh, sorry. Um, They, they should just trade the number one pick, man. Even, I, I'm assuming they're going to get it. I, I really don't see them winning a game. I just think they should trade the number one pick that they, there there's, and i've said it multiple times there's nothing for trevor lawrence to step into and be successful and i don't even see it being a like a, a one year thing uh it's a it's a multi year thing Trading, trade, him, trade it away and get the get more picks i mean why wouldn't you right
1: uh i totally disagree you take trevor lawrence really well
0: like who who is who is trevor lawrence the number one overall pick throwing to at least you know, Jamison Crowder is his number one receiver.
1: Basically, you would be saying if you got, even if you got three picks like that, that's more important than like the biggest franchise quarterback coming into the league in a really long time. Like if you evaluated him, and you, for whatever reason, weren't that thrilled and you were only trading back a few picks against someone else, maybe. But I just don't, don't agree with that at all. And I, I think like that's just such a transformational thing for the franchise if you bring someone like that in. Their offensive line is something that they put resources into. One of their few good players, Becton, is a rookie offensive <laughs> lineman. Like, you just load up the line and you learn from what the Bengals didn't do this year. And you load up the line, and you make sure that he's got a good line, kind of like Dak did at the beginning of his career in Dallas, and then you just fill out the roster from there.
0: So I, I understand what you're saying, and that makes sense from an organizational standpoint where you would go with the very obvious number one pick. But who's the last great first overall pick? Eli Manning. Just – okay. <laughs> okay. <But> in, the, <laughs> in the last five years. I mean, Winston – Mariota, well, you know, one and two, Darnold. Yeah, uh, name
1: a number one. Rose, Ky- yeah. So Kyler. <laughs> yeah, Baker. I mean, he. What has he done? Kyler's
0: uh, good. Yeah, and Baker's good. But are they? Uh, Baker turned around that organization well, for well, sure. That it, first, it's year. about
1: the level of prospect and like he. He's not on the level with them. He's on the level with like Elway and Andrew Luck. And like I, I get Luck. Whoa. I get Luck. Is out. I, I, I mean, I'm serious. Like the prospect grade is like a 98 <laughs> or 99, and he compares with those people. It's not. It's not like uh, apples to oranges. Just he. Well, he's the best in this draft, and Kyler was the best in a lot. You're, you're kind of talking about different categories of stuff. Yeah,
0: I mean, I, I don't know, man. I'm just looking at like Mahomes went later, you know. And then the first overall pick and that dude's going to be one of the best of all time. You got Dak, who's probably, you know, the second best quarterback in that franchise history. And then you have like Russell Wilson, you know, and then of course, Tom Brady's sixth round third round picks. Uh, I'm just not sold the number one overall pick. It Very rarely does it seem to pan out where they're great, except for Peyton or Elway, stuff like that. You know, uh, that's just, that's just my take. And I, I don't know. I, I see both sides of it, but I don't, Brian, Mark, everything to say about it.
2: Yeah, I see what you're saying, because I I mean, I saw from day one, like, uh the top 10, like, Darnold, Rosen, and all those guys, and they were coming out. Yeah. they, Dude, I knew they were not NFL material. They were not going to be good. Uh, and so I see what you're saying, but Trevor Lawrence, he's just a big guy, and that's how I judge my quarterback. Dude, Josh Allen, I actually called him. I thought he'd be the best quarterback in the draft, Josh Allen, coming out of Wyoming. and uh Not wrong. Yeah, and I, I dude, I thought he was the man just because he's a big guy and that's how i judge the quarterback i don't think these you know six foot even guys are that run around like you know crazy people uh get it done in the nfl and trevor lawrence he's a big tall guy that can stand in the pocket and just launch it man and uh so he could very well be a great player uh, but man these other guys that they've had top prospects they're trash most of the time i see what you're saying
3: I get what you're saying, but I think the logic's kind of twisted. So, I mean, yes, 100%. obviously. I didn't sound. Obviously, there's only one number one pick every year. And then how mm-hmm. many other quarterbacks get taken? You know, 12 to 15? So, I mean, statistically, you have a better chance of not being number one and succeeding just because you go to a better team. Um, but when you are that bad, and as bad as the Jets are, they are that bad. You mm-hmm. take one of the best prospects to ever come out at the quarterback position because it is the most important position in football.
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess
3: we'll see,
0: but uh, that's my take on it. At least, sorry, I know you wanted to go shorter, John, but that seemed to be
1: a hot topic on the uh, uh, today. So, oh yeah, but not what, not not for shutting down good conversation or debate on topic.
0: Yeah absolutely that that's then we'll see we'll talk more about it of course in the offseason stuff on a on a future episode but that's where i stand currently all right
1: well we've got got two other games and we'll, we'll wrap up any picks we may have missed so uh cool the, the other game uh falcons and chargers these teams kind of mirror each other a lot they find ways to lose games not win games uh i guess <laughs> i guess it, it's not not a bullish take i guess it's my my accurate take of the week Anthony Lynn is one of the worst coaches in NFL history. I mean, that that (laughs) thing at halftime—they ran the ball and let the clock run out before they got the field goal team on the the field to kick. Like it's something Hmm. new every week that he tops his own poor decision from the week before, and like that that team has to be so checked out. It's unbelievable that they found a way to actually win a game with him coaching, but. I mean it's just It's ridiculous man Like he's a nice guy But if you're that bad At your job Like you don't deserve Your job Sorry Yeah
0: I think uh, the Chargers Are just a coach away From being a good team Do not Bet On the Atlanta Falcons (laughs) (laughs) Well especially next year Because uh, uh, Matt Ryan and Julio Jones Are going to be gone Oh
1: 49ers quarterback potentially.
0: Yeah,
1: U- uh, Julio goes to
0: the Patriots. Yeah, that may well. If,
1: I mean, again, nah, he, that, while he's that... far too good. They'll get someone that's more washed. They'll get like Josh Gordon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alshon Jeffrey. There we go. Yeah. yeah Julio's going to go to the Bucs. Dude, the Patriots sign. Belichick uh, will trade F- a second you. rounder for Alshon Jeffrey.
2: <laughs> Josh Josh Gordon's the only one in history that's never gotten like an extension or multi year deal. He just continuously goes to free agency, signs with New England, goes to free
0: agency, <laughs> signs with New England, signs with Seattle,
2: <laughs> then New England.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's that. Yeah, he doesn't need an extension. He just keeps uh, getting one year deals every time. He's like, uh, oh, it's about time I'm, I'm done with this team. And he's like, they're not going to win. Smoke some weed,
1: go to another team. <laughs> All right, lap. Last game on the docket, no, no real takeaway. But Cowboys beat the Bengals thirty to seven. It's hard to imagine that the Cowboys are the one team. I guess that this is my one take for this game. They're the team in the mm-hmm. NFL that I'm probably the least confident in taking care of a game against a horrible team. Like I, I remember last year when the Jets were last year's awful version of themselves. Uh, mm-hmm. Early in the season, the Jets hadn't won a game, and the Cowboys went up there. And they, they had Dak and everything and they lost to the Jets. Like the Cowboys just don't seem like a team that you can ever rely on to win a game, no matter how easy the opponent is. And yet they did that to the Bengals. So what does that have to say about them without Burrow? Yeah. Brandon Allen should be
0: the starter, you're right.
1: <laughs> he he's uh <laughs> he's the goat.
0: Yeah, he's uh he's earned his former Broncos quarterback Brandon Allen. Starter over Joe Burrow next you're here to hear first. Um Yeah, I don't know. Dalton got his revenge, I guess. Jerry Jones needs to learn how to swallow his pride. He already came out and said that McCarthy's the coach for 2021, so I wouldn't expect anything less of Jerry Jones. Uh, Alden Smith should be in the conversation for comeback player of the year, too. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, Just both former 49ers with the last name Smith, uh, they should be in there. Darian, Darian would love to see that, I'm sure. Guys, is Ezekiel Elliott done? Yeah, he's trash.
1: Yeah, we that's were of, in I hate that conversation of Sunday. He he hasn't been uh, very good for two years. It seems like yeah, if he I took agree. out.
0: Maybe he'd like be a little quicker if he took out all the stupid piercings and stopped weighing himself his,
1: himself down with like tattoos. Just ink, ink is heavy. <laughs> <laughs> if, if he if he cut his hair, that's probably at least ten ten extra pounds.
0: Yeah, man, exactly. That's
1: what He's I'm saying. So he just needs to cut
2: some weight. He like puts his helmet on. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> him and philip Lindsay.
1: <laughs> all right so um zeke Elliott couldn't make it on the podcast because of everything we just said uh but <laughs> I, let, let's go be on. let's go through any of the picks that we've missed this week i've just got my gambling and fantasy advice uh for for my gambling advice uh, you don't say pay attention to team's motivation the last few weeks like if you're looking at matchups Ask yourself, what does this team have to play for? Are they trying to get a coach that is the interim, the head coach job? Do they want to get their coach fired? Are are they ready for the season to be over? Is it a must-win game? It's just really smart to look at the motivation going into each game. You're going to be betting on going forward. And I'd say with fantasy, don't be afraid to get more aggressive with dropping players the last few weeks. Season's almost up. You're, if you're not going to use somebody, there's no point in taking up a roster spot, even if you like the player. Get, get whatever move makes the most sense for your team. Yeah, I like that. Right. Um, good. Any Anyone else have any, any other picks or takes that we've missed?
2: Yeah, I lost a um, lot of money this weekend. Uh, <laughs> because, and one thing we have to mention, you have to, is uh, the Dolphins kicking it to cover the spread. The Chiefs win by six, and the spread was seven even. Let's go. So instead of like trying to win the game, the Dolphins just kicked a field goal to be assholes and covered the spread. It was the most dick move I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) And uh, they Barstool even did a take on it, and it's like, oh sorry, I saw that. Screw, screw other podcasts. Didn't mean to give them a shout out uh <laughs> But yeah, th- that
1: was just insane. So like, you have to mention that. You know, that actually also happened with the Ravens and Browns game. The spread, yeah, was, was, the spread was three. So you were, yeah, going, you were going to push if you were betting on the on the Browns side of it. But then they got the safety on the last play, and so you lost.
0: <laughs> Crazy. Well, Brian Flores is a huge gambler. If it wasn't known, it is known now. He went for that strictly because he was going to lose some money. <laughs> So, um, yeah, I, I, don't have a ton, uh, fantasy. I just, my fantasy advice is maybe pick up the Washington D if they're still available because they're playing really good right now. Um, and maybe if you can pick up some of their key players somehow. JD McKissick would be a good pickup. Logan Thomas is available in a lot of leagues. He's been a pretty sound tight end, uh, the last couple weeks. Um, my apology Island, I had a couple written down, um, probably should go with Washington again. Um, Because I think earlier in the year, like episode three or four or something like that, I like blasted them and said, Ron Rivera, Ron Rivera wasn't going to do anything with that defense or like that team. He's proven me wrong. And my danger zone, I forgot to mention during the Saints game is that I think a lot of people might've had Taysom Hills, potentially like a Brock Osweiler thing, like where there's a young guy who's playing well in the absence of a hall of famer. And some people might've rallied behind Taysom potentially for winning a ton of games and just maybe wanting the saints to stick with him. Uh, I don't know if I'm the only one thinking that, but that's the, that's the comparison I drew. And uh, I think Taysom is in danger. If he did have a chance of staying the starter, um, he's in danger now after that loss of looking pretty one dimensional and uh, like Ryan or Mark said, I forgot who said it, but um, looks like he's just kind of questions himself too much. And he might be in danger of losing that starting spot immediately when Drew Brees comes back.
1: Well, He's obviously going to lose it when Breeze comes back, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah, but that's what everybody said with, with Brock Osweiler and Peyton. And then a lot of people, a lot of Denver fans are like, whoa, 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 why are we giving Peyton back the job? Brock's the one that got us here. You know what I mean?
2: But Taysom seems to be okay with his role.
0: Well, yeah, if I was getting paid $21 million to be the backup, I'd be pretty cool about it too.
1: Yeah, which is fine. So everyone's happy. So that's well, like a- what, if, what if you were Carson Wentz and getting paid $31 million for it?
0: Bro, I'd be I'd be shining Jalen Hurts shoes. I'd mm-hmm. I'd be grabbing him water. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, i would be the, I'll see the, the nicest scout team to take
1: some for two million dollars.
0: Yeah, yeah, I was like, Are you kidding? Hey, Jalen, what do you need, man? You got You I know she didn't have a tablet. Let me get you a tablet.
1: Real you know quick. I mean? I'd be
0: Apology
2: Island. Yeah, T.Y. Hilton. A couple weeks back, I said you were on hey. the decline. Surprised everyone, and everyone we all thought that was a good point. T.Y. Hilton, you are back, baby. Even with your not so good quarterback, and he's about eighty-three years old.
0: Ty, <laughs> shout out, you're back, baby. You're
2: you never left. You're still here.
0: Hey, real quick, uh, John, did you have anything else to say? No, I'm all good. Okay, I well, didn't... Mark, well, I know you do, but that's that's why we save you for the end, Mark. Uh, we want to start leaving, having Mark with the outro, be- with his "Mark My Words" every single episode. But if if no one has noticed, uh, former rival podcaster uh, R. Stives, Ryan Stiber, is now a full time intern with the football fools yes we are expanding 14 episodes in 13 episodes in so excuse me i can't count is it a bold move maybe but uh ryan steiber will be officially on the podcast as our fourth co-host oh man, uh, unpaid intern thank you so much yeah man we're gonna fire you at the end of the show but you you said some good things so we're uh, we decided to keep you around another episode at least
2: Sweet,
0: um, I appreciate it. yeah of course we'll give you another chance and then uh yeah if Anybody has anything else to say, say it now. Otherwise, Mark, take us out.
3: All right. So I'm going to change it up a little bit today. Okay. And that's because this rarely happens to anyone. So I have to tell this quick story, right? And it's football related. It's fantasy football. So in my big money league, the winner takes home $720, right? That goes okay. to first place. So this, this game means a lot. And I would just like to say to my two buddies, Will and Zach, they had a matchup today that was almost more exciting than any football game I've ever watched. (laughs) And so let me give you a little backstory. They each went into tonight's game with one player left. Will had Baker Mayfield and Zach had the Ravens defense. So, at halftime, Yahoo Sports had Will at a 1% chance of winning the game. And then, at the end of the game, Baker Mayfield throws that last touchdown, and Will takes a one-point lead. Zach now had a 1% chance of winning the game. (laughs) And what happened on the last play by the Browns? The safety. <laughs> they got a the safety. Oh, my gosh. And the Baltimore defense went oh, from deep. negative one to one. Oh. And Zach ended up winning by one point. Dang. So that was almost as was, exciting as the game. Yeah, this game was just back and forth. And I feel so bad for Will because that's a tough loss. You know, you think you have it in the bag. There's two seconds left. What could go wrong? Well <laughs> – the Browns are gonna brown. <laughs> oh my god. That was just it was it was too intense not to share that quick little story. I feel so bad. And then if you're if you're Zach, you're just on the ultimate high because you just won a game you had no business winning. <laughs> I wouldn't stop texting Will tonight. Unless there's oh, a the- stat
1: correction tomorrow for one final ship.
3: Oh man. <laughs> if if that happens in Mayfield, like one of those like little end-around things he did turned into a pass and not a handoff. Oh, my God. It's going to be absolutely <laughs> insane. <laughs> so, no mark my words? <laughs> no mark my words. Mark my words was uh, Mitch Trubisky is not going to be better than uh, Patrick Mahomes <laughs> or uh, Deshaun Watson. Fair enough. All right, well, right. Shelby... I'm playing it safe this week.
0: Shelby Strap Harris can be on the show this week, guys. Um, he was near Brandon McManus with his covid protocol. Just and, kidding. I
1: don't and know. It, Zeke Elliott was going to be on, but he had to get his stomach tattoo touched up. <laughs> <laughs>
0: all right, guys. That's all the time we have for tonight. Thank you for listening to our rather long episode. Uh, see you guys next week. Later, guys. Danger zone.